Give us some men who know the truth. And who will declare the truth. And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards. And who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I'm serious. Yes, I'm laughing at you because it's going to be a day. We are in trouble. We have, wait for it, we have two, not one, two stories today. But they interlock, sort of. There's a little bit of overlap. And it is going to, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I say we have stories. You know I'm over here because you can hear me talking. Well, what you don't know because he hasn't said anything yet is Lou is over there. Hey there. <laughs> hey there, everyone. <laughs> I'm over here. Hey, he's over there. I'm over here. There's a table between us. We won't arm wrestle for it. So. Ah, I would lose. <laughs> and don't you forget it, punk now. <laughs> so, no. <clears throat> we are here to tell you that your first ministry is the most important. Now, why are we telling you that? You ever just have something that always sticks into your head and you kind of sort of get the idea behind it, but it not totally? Does that make any sense? Absolutely. 
the Ten Commandments, not the Bible Ten Commandments. I mean Charlton Heston, the Ten Commandments. Ah. All right, you with me? Oh, yeah. Love there, that. There's the scene where he comes down the mountain, you know, the white beard and the, the hair is flowing and he looks like everybody's angry grandfather. And they're like, we all brought us out of the land so that we could be free because every character has a bad British accent in a Bible movie. I don't know why Bible characters are British, but they are. You've absolutely ruined that movie for me. You're welcome. The only thing that I think of when you talk about that movie is um, Mayan. She does say it. She says it. It, Okay. That's it. We have to take this ramp. I am required by law to take this ramp every time this comes up. Sorry, folks. I brought it up. Watch. If you've never paid attention, watch that movie. Every time Charlton Heston walks into a room for like the first hour of that movie, because that movie is 12 hours long. Yeah. For like the first hour of the movie, every woman in the film is like, Moses. I mean, there's... It's like, oh my goodness. These women have never seen a dude more than 5'11 before, apparently. And there's there's Charlton Heston, you know, all broad-shouldered and bare-chested half a film. And they're just like... <laughs> You're right. And, the only, and I was watching this, the first time I ever seen it. And I'm looking at Cameron going, the only thing that's missing is that stupid line from Roger Rabbit where somebody goes, a man! And then there's the scene where he passes out by the well and Zipporah and her sisters find him. Yep. And one of the sisters goes... A man! And I'm like, I'm done. Like, I had to leave the room. I had to leave the room. I couldn't take it anymore. Well, every time you talk about this movie, that's all I picture in my head. You're welcome. Well, we're going to go to the end of the movie. When he's no longer bare-chested and broad-shouldered. but He's old and angry. He's old and angry, which is what I aspire to be. Well, I'm old and angry right now. (laughs) And remember the the, the dude who was was working with Pharaoh. There's a little snivy dude with a little beard, and he's the one who... um, He looks like a rat. Yes, he looks like a rat, and he um, he kidnapped Joshua's, uh, the girl Joshua loved. Absolutely. And he's at the end, and he's like, No, Moses, you brought us out of Egypt so that we would be free. We can do whatever we we want. Remember that part? I do. And Charlton do. Heston responds with the line, there is no freedom without the law. And then he like threatens to beat him to death with the stone tablets, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's, he's all right. That's I told forever you in my head. You're welcome. Forever. You're welcome. I never got that line because it on its face, it's actually antithetical to half of what Paul's writings are. So, but James does call it the law of liberty. Agree. Right, right. But the way that it's phrased is like, right. there is no freedom without the law. Like, do what I say. Or, ah! Right. And, and he... that's not the intent of the Mosaic law. Right. <laughs> However, this week, looking at these two news stories, that line made sense to me. That line made sense to me. Okay. So I'm brought, not it, saying, brought it to bear to you, huh? I'm not just... saying it's brilliant biblical exegesis. I'm just saying it made sense to me. And I think it will make sense to everybody else as we go through this. And I, if nothing else, my goal is to make that line make sense. That is where we're trying to go. So right. that when we're done with that, that line will make sense. Okay? All right. All right. You have been warned. So let it be written. Yes. Yeah, so it is written, so it shall be done. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> another one. <laughs> All right. Hebrews chapter 10 is going to be our jumping off point here. And, and this is going to be short because we have I told you count of two stories yeah. and I want to make sure we have enough time for everything so okay okay <clears throat> all right therefore well you know I can't do that what's the therefore there? yeah what's the therefore therefore mm-hmm. all right Hebrews really simple rundown of Hebrews okay beginning of the book Jesus is God because Jesus is God he is greater than everything else in creation that's basically chapters one and two right so stipulated yes okay 
chapters 3 through, uh, let me round this off, basically 3 through 10 are Jesus is the accomplisher of all that was promised by God in the Old Testament. He is the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of the promises. He is the sacrifice. He is the high priest. He is all that and a bag of chips. Nice. <laughs> a bag of chips. You have never heard Hebrews summarized with bad 90s references before, have you? No. Nope. You're welcome. That was the first. Yeah, that's a forever stuck in my head, too. Yeah. I, 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 he is the realization of what all of those things foreshadowed and pointed to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's basically chapters 3 through into 10, basically. Right. So, that is and that a, he is greater than. It seems like the writer of. It's Paul. It's Paul. It's Paul. Well, <laughs> that's the official position. Okay. So it is written, so it shall be done. Okay. It seems like he's dealing with a couple issues with his Jewish brethren. And one of them is, is their, their persecution may have led them back into uh, normative Judaism and, and forsaking the sun. That's constant. We're actually yeah. going to do that tonight when we do Bible study. That's the section we're in in Acts. We're at the Jerusalem Council. Right, and right. you see that. Because like, just imagine how stubborn the, the pharisaical stripe is in those Jews is that they went into these Christian churches after Paul had founded them and were like, no, 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 you have to keep the law. And then Paul showed back up and was like, um, no, you don't. That's not how this works. And he argued with them and they went to Jerusalem and they argued their case in Jerusalem and everybody in Jerusalem went, no, that's not how this works, guys. Paul's right. So Paul went back to the churches, told them that he was right. <laughs> Other people from the council See, told, told them that he was right. Yeah, and then said- Paul left. And then those Pharisees came back in and were like, no, 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 we were right the whole time. Don't listen. And then Paul has to write a letter to them right. proving it again. I mean, at some point, if you're Paul, you literally want to reach like through space and time and slap somebody. And then I, yeah, I would agree well. with you is that Paul, I think Paul, I think, all right, official position is Hebrews is a sermon of Paul transcribed by Luke. And the reason why I think Hebrews makes sense as a sermon is the references are so vague. There's all these places in Hebrews where it says, and somewhere it says, and you've seen, it, it, it's vague references to the Old Testament that we know what they are because you have the little study Bible with your little notes in the margin that tell you where everything is. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like someone who's speaking extemporaneously and knows that it's in there somewhere but can't exactly pinpoint it. It's the Paul version of, it's in Leviticus, read Leviticus, it'll do you good. Where he basically, he, he says, and somewhere it says, and somewhere it's written, or it's written in the law. He can't, right off the top of his head, remember exactly what the reference is. So he basically goes, it's in the Old Testament somewhere. Read that. And I know he wouldn't have called it the Old Testament, but. Well, I, I think I think there's a lot to that, but I, I think we need to re- remember that there were no uh, Bible verses and no, chapters. Chapter, but there would have been yeah. a way to narrow it down more right. for Paul. The, I, I think, I think it was division, an oral. Things like that way that they communicated it is written and so luke transcribing isn't doing the research to look up what the reference is paul mm-hmm. speaking not wanting to break the right. flow of the argument isn't bothering to break down for the reference Got so it. that's why i say it's a sermon written down uh-huh. and that's why you see the vague allusions to the old testament whereas when you read galatians or you read romans there's much more concrete quoting of the Old Testament. Right. There's much more quoting from the law, specifically from the prophets. And you see that direct citation because he's got more time to stop 
and think about it rather than he's speaking in front of a crowd who's asking him questions maybe interrupting him maybe there's back and forth you, you don't have that when you're writing the letter to the romans or you're writing to the corinthians Correct. so that's why i've yeah, always yeah. gone with it's a sermon written by luke and that's why you see the references the way that you do which again makes it even more all the more brilliant because this is paul going okay who is jesus and what does that mean for us go right and dude it's brilliant it's it's absolutely Ultimate, Brilliant. Ultimately, for me, I see the book of Hebrews as inspired, and well, yeah. and it comes to us anonymously, and there are some issues I've read with uh, MacArthur that talks about uh, chapter 2, verse 3, and the way it is referenced, in, and he says, Paul, Paul says in Galatians that he received the gospel from God. He didn't get it from anyone else, and in Galatians 2, chapter 2, verses 3, there is a reference that makes it seem like he received it from someone else. Other than God, but but that's neither here nor there. I'm not again, trying to bring that up for think controversial what, no, 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 sake. But, and again, I would I would counter with that by just simply saying, yeah, that would make sense because he's not being perfect in speaking, and Luke is actually being more faithful to the right. recording it, it, than Paul is extemporaneously talking. Yeah, it might might be the way that. Because yeah. yeah. believe me, there's never been a pastor speaking from a pulpit ever anywhere who's gone home and gone. I should have said that better. Yep, right, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And went, but Luke wrote it down and he started sending it out, so you're done with. Right. So. There's your rundown of Hebrews. All of that to say, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. In other words, you can stand before God because Christ has accomplished redemption. You are now holy and righteous and blameless in him. Therefore, you have no fear. You are at rest. You are at peace with God. Therefore, you may enter. Yeah. Simple enough, right? Right, right. By a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. So you got a little play on words. Christ can enter the holy place through the veil, the curtain that would have separated, and he does that through the veiling of his deity in the taking on of flesh. Right. I mean, it ties in perfectly with John 1 and John 1, 14, you know, where he tabernacled amongst mm-hmm. us and... Oh, it's it. Yeah, there's it, it those are your connections, right? And since we have, notice, not had, not will have, since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So, because you are redeemed, because Christ has accomplished this, because He is the active high priest, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Yes. In other words, if <coughs> excuse me, if you were looking for the argument, well, you know, there's some sin that that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You want me to go there? Okay. Since since you know, if you wanted to try to make the argument that, well, you know, you have an infused righteousness, mm-hmm. and therefore you need to keep on doing X, Y, and Z to continue to get those reinfusions of your righteousness. Go read Hebrews 10. Paul's argument here is no, you have. An imputed righteousness. It is given. It is accomplished. It is realized. Don't go to mass, kids. <laughs> Love it. So, good, Love good it. Yeah. Nope. Uh, that's a good place to go. I, I couldn't help myself. So, because you have this, you are clean. The heart of stone is now the heart of flesh. The darkening of your mind has been cleared up. The filthiness of sin has been washed clean, as in water. Right, and, and, and just to be clear, all of the sacrificial system, everything pointed to this uh, uh, cleaning. You know, mm-hmm. with, with the sacrifices that were made by us on earth, 
They were simply a mere covering. But when Christ's sacrifice came, it cleansed us of the things that we couldn't be cleansed from of from the law. all unrighteousness. Right. right. Now, with that all said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, mm-hmm. for he who promised is faithful. In other words, yes. if Jesus told you to do it, you cling to it. If Christ gave it to you, you rest upon it. If he commanded it, you live by it. If he did not command it, you use wisdom in that renewed mind and that transformed heart to evaluate what is going on, and you align your life with the principles of God. Now, I promise you, just in case you forgot, I I didn't forget, there is no freedom without the law. We are going to make sense of that, and this is how we're doing it. I promise you, we're on that track. I promise you, we're there. It's... (laughs) I'm with you. I just hope our listeners are. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So you've moved from all of the things about you, all of the ways that you evaluate the world, are now being sent out what? Into the community of faith. Into, dare I say it, the church. This is what you are supposed to be about. This is a group you are supposed to be a part of. In other words, if you are not a part of a faithful local church, find one. Find one now, lest I sick Charlton Heston and his stone tablets upon me. <laughs> and he's dead now, so we can do that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's here to complain about yeah, that? who's going to stop me, huh? Uh, uh-huh. Right, right. I mean, you, you did get a bigger book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> i got to break that thing out more often. It's yeah, heavy. That's a Dewey Rock. Was it a, I looked at it. I, think I it's a Catholic skimmed it version. real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, because I don't know if it was even on the camera for YouTube for Sunday. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, somebody gave me this Bible that I keep. It's at least 20 pounds. Oh, at least, yeah. It's, it's at least 20 pounds. It's, it's big and It's heavy. a good, what, six inches I'm thick? I'm sure it could stop a... a, a it, I think it's bulletproof. Yeah. I think if I held it up in front of me, it'd stop at least a nine millimeter. At least. I'm, I'm convinced sure. of it. And then after it stops your bullet, I can chuck it at you and you will die. Because once it hits you, it's like Thor's hammer. Once it hits you and lands on the ground, you can't get back up because you physically can't move it any longer. It was a lot like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I picked it up. It's, it's the Molnir of Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm going to put a handle on that thing and wield it like that now, right? You're going to have to. <laughs> so it is written, so it shall be done. So in the community of faith, doing the good work, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, yeah, yeah. because you know, let's let's recap this real fast. And we're going to do this kind of like a, a little math syllogism here. So, because you have confidence in the work of Christ, because he has brought you into fellowship with God in the tabernacle that is in heaven, because he is the high priest who has offered sacrifice, you have a cleansed heart. You have a clean conscience. You have a renewed mind. You have wisdom from on high. You are therefore to hold to those things and live in the world as though those things are true. You are also, as a part of that, to walk with the other people who that is true for and not abandon that and attempt to go it alone in the world but rather you are commanded to walk together and to work out your salvation with fear and trembling in the body of believers now i cannot stop coughing today it's just like right there it won't go away yeah so i I apologize So, why does that matter? Okay. What does the world have that is of its own? Meaning, 
What sins, what schemes, what plans does the world have that are unique, that are new? I don't think there's anything new under the sun. I don't either. Not only is there nothing new under the sun, I actually don't think Satan is that clever in that he's not coming up with new ideas. He's just running, let's use a bad football analogy, he's running the same play just from a different formation. Okay. So it's like when you, <clears throat> if you ever want to have some fun, go back to like one of the most unstoppable offenses in college football history was, uh, was it 2005, the Vince Young Texas teams? Okay. And they would run like three running backs, four wide receivers, three tight ends. They would have all these different formations and they ran like eight plays. I'm con- I mean, they just ran like eight plays. Oh, wow. And it was just like, it was the read option, it's a right? playbook. Yeah, it was like read option, right, read option, left. But they just got you moving left and right. And all of a sudden, Vince Young was just running down the field and it was insanity. But. That's what Satan's doing in the world. It's just, he's not coming up with anything new. He's looking at what is true, good, right, and beautiful. And he's like, how do I stain that? How can I use this? How can I corrupt that institution and twist it for my purposes? How can I take that thing, alter it just ever so slightly, either in the did God say mold or the look, 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 it's exactly what you're doing, just a little bit different mold, yeah. and then use that to corrupt all mankind. That's that's kind of the game plan here. Yeah. I, I, you know what, though? I, I don't think he has to work too hard in our case because I think that given to our own, left to our own devices, we will mess up anything. Agreed. And that's also where the depravity of the human heart also yeah, testifies to sure. the fact that there's nothing new under the sun. Because, Christian. Based on what we're talking about, and by the way, this is the only place we could have gone. We could have gone to places like Proverbs 22. We could have gone to things like 1 Corinthians 12. Um, was it 1 Peter? My brain didn't want to work. 1 Peter 3, uh, 3 5. 15. 3. So it talks about the, the, the right. gifting for the body. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Oh, shoot. My brain. It's, it's 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Those are, the, those okay. are all your chapters. Okay. You, we could have gone to any one of those. What's the point here? Because of the work of Christ, you are now a part of the people of God. That would be First Peter 2. You are now a part of that chosen race, royal priesthood. You are now a part of that kingdom, and you are placed before God righteous. Now, humanity knows it needs this. This is Romans 1 in action. Mm-hmm. You know the truth. You reject the truth and unrighteousness. So pay attention to humanity. Absent of this righteous fellowship, what does humanity create? chaos not just that they create unrighteous fellowship Hmm. for sure why is there a masonic lodge why is there a fraternal order of the whatever in most you know rust belt towns Mm -hmm. why is there a lions club in most of your southern towns why is there a Ruritan club why is there the rotary club why do these things exist humanity has an innate need to form community to advance what it thinks are virtue and righteous now those ideals of what is virtuous and righteous get turned and twisted and the longer they are separated from the truth the more turned and the more twisted they will become this right. is, I think they borrow from the biblical worldview, and then they do, as you say, they turn and twist things to fit their image, yes. their worldview, yes. and, and, and therefore they are corrupting the finished work of Christ or God Yes, in every sense. Hence, there is no freedom without the law. Right. Now, here you go. You ready for story number one? Let's do it. All right. Now, get... okay. 
couple first ground rule here before I even read this. I know they are the anti-fascists. And I am from New England, so we don't say anti-anything. You're anti. Mm -hmm. So I have spent like years calling them Antifa. And I know they prefer Antifa. Therefore, because I've spent so long calling them that, it's stuck in my head that way. And because it bothers them, I will continue. So if you're bothered by that, I'm sorry. But there you go. If the drag queen story hours and critical race theory aren't enough for your little progressive tyke, you can now send your child to Antifa Summer Camp. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I was blown away. I love the name for this. Budding Roses, an anarchist organization in Portland. You knew it was Portland. It had to be there. If it wasn't Portland, it, it was Seattle, but you knew Here's it was going to be one Portland. One of the most progressive states I've ever ever seen <laughs> this is impressive they will hold a social justice camp for children in fourth to eighth grade so what was that like nine to 14 year olds something like that nine, the organization brags about the children who attend their free camp later participating in protests and encourages them to be anti-fascist social justice advocates see you can have your little 11 year old throwing bricks and wearing black from head to toe and carrying a backpack and weighing 45 pounds have you ever noticed that? Yes. It is. Why is it always skinny white dudes? I'm serious. Name me the last Antifa dude that weighed more than a buck forty. I can't think of any by name, but I, I definitely have seen. Ever watch those protests. Now the backpacks are bigger than the protesters. Uh, I'm well, not even there's kidding. A lot of there's violence. a video. You know what? I, I wish I could find the title of this, and I wish I knew what. There's this video where this dude is doing. I don't know what he's doing. He's street preaching. He's, he's speaking into a microphone, and he's got security. And this one of these Antifa kids comes up and starts asking him questions, mm-hmm. and they argue about something, and the Antifa kid gets shut down and, and turns around like he's going to walk away. So the dude with the microphone looks away from him, and when he does, the kid takes a swing at him, and the, and the security it. dude catches the punch and then points at him like, hey! I know exactly which one you're talking about. And that about. little punk runs like his butt is on fire, yes. because the dude who caught his punch is like three of him. Right, right. He's a big <laughs> dude, and it was impressive. And it was so typical. People wait for you to look the other way, then they want to take a sucker punch. But I love the look on the dude's face who caught the fist and points at him like, oh, see what what happened right there? (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. The curriculum provided by Budding Roses includes a plethora, good word, of of Antifa-style protest documents, including tear gas for Portlanders, (laughs) which teaches campers on what to do if they come in contact with tear gas and to donate to bail funds to help the cause. Fight the power, man. <laughs> if this weren't serious, it would it would be funny. You know, but they are indoctrinating our children. 11-year-olds who know what to do when they've been tear-gassed. Yeah. If you're 11 and being tear-gassed, something has gone like terribly wrong in your world. Just, yeah. just saying. Yeah. <clears throat> children who attend the Antifa summer camp will be taught chants about killer cops and the rapist government, as reported by the Daily Citizen. Okay, you ready for a song? I'm ready. There are Antifa campfire so songs. Yep. And okay, I'm I have the whole thing. I'm going to leave out the curses. Okay. Hopefully. It's pretty hard, but I, hopefully. So if I if I if I get into it too much and I'm enjoying my Antifa sing around, you know, with my marshmallows around my campfire, I apologize in advance. Okay. The whole bleep system is guilty as hell. Indict, convict. Put those killer cops in jail. The whole bleep system is guilty as hell. Isn't that supposed to rhyme? Mm, How do you rhyme jail and hell? Like, if you're from the South, you can do that. 
Put those killer cops in jail. This whole system is guilty as hell. See, that would rhyme. But they're from Portland, so does the Portland accent... I don't think so. Does it have a drawl that would allow you to rhyme jail and hell? I don't know. See, this is one that we can. This is we're chalking this up. These are the thoughts that keep me out of the really good schools. <laughs> I don't know what the accent is. There. It's the state that's our oppressor. It's the rapist government. That doesn't even make sense. They repeat the line. We know the rapist is you. We know the rapist is you. Fourth through eighth grade. Yeah, we're talking about kids. This is see. This is like that 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 um that ministry that did the um. Oh my brain. I did the Hezbollah summer camp song, and now I can't hear this. As a joke, it was a joke. Oh, my god! They did it as a spoof, and it was Wretched Radio did it. And now I can't hear the actual song without hearing their song because they did, um, it was, Father Abraham had lots of sons, but all of Isaac's sons are infidels, so we'll blow them up, and Christians too. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And that's what you sing at the Hezbollah summer camp. That was a joke, that Hezbollah would have a summer camp where they sang campfire songs. Mm -hmm. Antifa now has a summer camp where they sing campfire songs about the rapist government and putting cops in jail little kids will also be singing anarchist propaganda lines like cops in borders we don't need them see that's at least simple and basic i think the fourth graders can nail that one (laughs) does your kid love coloring for a cause don't worry budding roses provides a black lives matter coloring book which also includes a transgender affirming coloring sheet I actually looked this up. Of course it did. Oh, did, did you did you see it? Yes. <laughs> I, see, the I guy didn't had send a, it to you. Had a, had a, what was they call it? A three o'clock shadow? Or, I mean, he, and he was dressed, he had flower in his hair. I you mean, can like, color Whoa. in the transgender beard. You can color her beard in. Which, see, when I was a kid, that was a thing. Because there were Italian women in my neighborhood. So, I mean, her beard was a thing. But. Yeah, I come from Italian it heritage, was, too, and I was, remember that. It was something my mother went, shh, about when I was at the grocery store line. Open your mouth. Was, that was my mother's, one, of my, my, one of my mother's favorite stories. I was like three in the grocery store, and I'm like, Mommy, why does that woman have a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a woman, it's your nana. It's like, shh. <laughs> Shut up, we want to get in here alive. I would have been instantly slapped. <laughs> Grandma didn't play. No, my father probably would have. My mother was just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably got a son or a nephew that can end us all. Hmm. I make one phone call. It's over for you, all right? Yeah. Don't, don't cross Nana. One phone call. <laughs> so, all right. There's story number one, Antifa Summer Camp. Now, okay, let's make sure we tie this in a little bit together. What would it look like? If the world took something that was set up by the church to be righteous and upright, the training of children, and attempted to corrupt it without really changing anything, but just literally turning it on its ear and sending it straight to hell. And I don't then, think we have to imagine. What well, that you're looks seeing like. it yeah. because what, there are children's church summer camps all over the country that do what? Teach you songs, teach you Bible verses, memorization of Bible verses. Why? To prepare you to live in the world according to what is righteous and good. Mm -hmm. What is this? Let's sing songs. Let's memorize chants and ideals so that you can now live in the world according to what we define as righteous and good. Yeah, I I think that our country's uh, educational system have have usurped the authority of the parents. And and this is not something that's happened overnight. This is something that's been slowly happening. And now we're seeing 
where it seems like it's picking up to critical mass right now. Now, would you like to see what it looks like when the blind squirrel finds a nut? Sure. Okay. That's a picture. According to homicide data collected by St. Louis Metropolitan Police, the city experienced 195 homicides in 2021. <clears throat> That's a lot. More than half occurred on the city's north side, and 90% of the victims were, guess which with which ethnicity? They were black. They were black. Of course. Despite the black community making up just 50% of the city's overall population. <clears throat> so half the population, 90% of the homicide victims. That bothers me tremendously, said Jackson. This, they're, they're, I, I cut part of this out. It's a, it's a long news article with interviewing people in the neighborhoods. Got it. Nowadays, kids don't care. A lot of children are growing up with this I don't care attitude, and it's sad because if you don't have anything to care about yourself, what can you really expect for them to put out here in the community? News 4 sat down with a group of North City residents looking to have a discussion about some of the most pressing issues in their neighborhoods, including quality of life, public safety, and the economy. Now stop real quick. Before we go any further, <clears throat> I want you, what do you think the residents of the community are going to see as the problem without knowing anything else? Based on what you see going on in the news, based on what you see going on with popular discourse, is your first thought poverty? Is your first thought systemic racism? Is your first thought failing schools? These are all hot-button issues, right? These are all things we need to address sociolo- so- so- sociolo- societally. If I could speak English, we would uh-huh. be all set. All right? Because this is what it looks like when the broke clock is right twice a day. I'm going to keep using all of these. So here we go. The home is the fundamental place where everything begins at, said Steve Jones, a resident of North City. Respect for the authority begins at home. If you can't respect your mother and father, who are the police to you? The residents agree the generational breakdown of the family unit has led to a lot of the struggles many families now face. When kids go unsupervised, they just, they just go in to get in trouble, said Jackson. It's going to happen, which is going to bring a lot of young parents that aren't ready to be parents and don't even have the true maturity to understand what even being a parent is. So now there's a younger generation coming in that's going to be neglected. Young parents, Jackson said, rarely understand the emotional support their children are in need of, leading young people to find love and acceptance in other places. Wow, they nailed it. You mean like Antifa Summer Camp? Right. A place it. of love and acceptance? Yeah, I, I spent a couple of years as a chaplain in the Rockford Reach Out Jail Ministries, and um, before that, I, I was a gang member running around with all kinds of crazy people. Um, and and I really I can really identify with what they're saying here. You've seen this, right? Um, and you... and the kids that I would minister to in 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 the juvenile correctional system, uh, they they were lucky if they had a grandparent that took care of them or that they could be with because both of their family members, their mom and their dad, either mom or dad was dead or they were in prison. And oftentimes I knew these people and I would go and minister to the father or the mother in the adult side. It's crazy. That's this next paragraph. Right. A lot of kids are lacking these things emotionally. And just because you can't see it like scars don't mean it's not there and parents are kind of oblivious to it. In their mind, they have a roof over your head. They feed you. They buy you clothes. The parents need help emotionally because just because you're there don't mean you're there. Right. Right. Now, here we go. You ready? Yep. This is where I want to make these things come full circle and answer that question when I was talking about earlier. There is no freedom without the law. Okay. All right? Yep. 
we live in a culture, and by we, there are multiple churches when we say the church in this country. Hmm. Man, you can throw a rock in any direction and hit one. Well, what I mean by that, though, is not just the buildings. I mean the the undergirding of what the church is. Okay. But I think it's fairly safe to say that in way too many corners of this country, the church is portrayed as a either a social help center or a club lacking in any semblance of righteousness or awe of the creator. Fair? Okay. Basically, your social justice church on one side and your seeker-sensitive megachurch model on the other side. Sure. And the reason I say seeker-sensitive megachurch model is because I have seen churches of 75 people trying to operate in that manner. Okay. And I've seen churches of 50 people try to operate in that manner where we're going to put the screens up and have this slick design. And I'm like, there's 25 people here, dude. What do you, you accomplish? Well, this is how, to them, this is what it looks like to, air quotes, do church. And when you have that, you have a failure, one, to understand scripture. That's another show for another day. <laughs> but two, you have now a failure because of that first failure to be able to counteract the rot of the culture with anything that is meaningful and tangible. So let's go back to our Hebrews real quick because this is our – I think I can make this make sense and I think I can connect this. So let's see how I do. You ready? All right. Because you have Christ, because Christ is the one who has made the sacrifice, entered into the throne room on your behalf, made you righteous, cleansed you and placed you before the Father, you are now different you have a clean heart. You have a renewed mind. You have the requirement and the <clears throat> demand of God to enter into your world and think about it differently. In obedience to the commands of the Father, in service to the work of the Son, through the ministry of the Spirit. You now, therefore, also do not have any right to do that by yourself. Just as that Trinitarian accomplishment sends you out... <clears throat> You are sent out as part of a people, both in heaven and on earth below. And you are sent out in such a manner so that you may stimulate one another to good works. <clears throat> oh my goodness, my voice will not cooperate. I see that. You're having a good tough time over there. Excuse me. You are sent out into the world so that you will stimulate one another to good works and therefore build up systems and structures in your community of faith that will impact the world in eternal ways. Now, what I mean by that is we have for too long flat out said, well, you know, it'd be nice if these families would stay together. It would be nice if these parents would do a better job of taking care of their children. It would be nice because, you know, if these things were more widespread, the world would be a better place. Now, is that statement true? Hmm. Yes. What we have not said is no. No. You're not going to do that. No. You should not dissolve your marriage over a whim. No. You should not do this as opposed to sacrificing for the children that God has given you. We have removed the concept of a command from Christ on how you are to live. And because we have removed the command of Christ, we have thought we thought we were giving people the freedom to live under Christ, when in actuality what we were doing was giving them freedom to surrender to the sin of the world. 
because they have no anchor in the righteousness of God, they have no freedom from sin. There is no freedom without the law. Right. Told but you this was going to make sense. It makes sense. And, and putting another, uh, well, perhaps a finer point on the word law uh, from a Hebrew perspective, the Torah does not mean law. It means instruction. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's no freedom without the instruction of God in yes. our lives. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. Now, okay, when I say this, I do not mean start memorizing Leviticus 14. And off the top of my head, I don't even know what's in Leviticus 14, okay? I'm not telling you to go memorize Leviticus, and that's how you have to live day in and day out. Your Bible does not give you a one-to-one instruction manual. Well, that's true. There's a holy book that is a one-to-one instruction manual. It's called the Quran, and that's why every Islamic society looks like it stopped developing in the ninth century. Because they did. They did. They did. What you are given is, what does it look like when the summary of the law is a, is applied to the theocracy of Israel? What does that look like? It looks like the second half of Exodus. It looks like Leviticus. And it looks like the recap of Deuteronomy lived out in real time. That was their governmental structure. Now, are you then free? This is something else we're actually going to talk about in Bible study tonight. It's a shame we don't record that, but that's probably better for me and safer. <laughs> Does that mean, just so if I tell you you are not under every jot and tittle of Leviticus, does that mean you are free from following the commands of Christ and free from living in righteousness? No. Because what's the summary of the law, Christian? Go ahead. You know it. Give it a minute. Let let them all say it at home. What's the summary of the law? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That summarizes the whole law and the prophets, right? Right. That's, That's the fulfillment of everything. Now, again, I ask the same question. Regardless of culture... Regardless of age, regardless of socioeconomic status, what would loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength look like? Would it look like honoring his name? Would it look like forsaking false gods? Would it look like ensuring that he occupies the highest place in your existence day in and day out? Right. What would loving your neighbor as yourself look like? Would it look like dealing with him truthfully? Would it look like honoring his life and his possessions and his family relationships? Because, by the way, that's what's behind the commands. It's not, Jesus tells you that. Hey, hey, I didn't sleep with the neighbor's wife today. I did good. (laughs) Go team. Go team. That's a victory. No, you ninny. Yeah. If you've looked at her with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. No, the command is not just don't commit adultery. It's honor marriage. It's not do not murder. It's honor life because it is made in the image and likeness of God and therefore it is a higher standard so now does that mean you have to be sacrificing the lamb and stirring the pot counterclockwise on the third night of the full moon no no that's not in Leviticus anywhere don't go looking for it okay (laughs) they're gonna be looking for that yeah wait a minute I missed that that's in second hesitations okay right right after fourth Hezekiah (laughs) all right What it does mean, though, is you, aided by the Holy Spirit, understanding the conviction of Christ, because you stand blameless before the Father, should now be living out that call in your life day in and day out. Now, if you do that, again, just because I have to give 27 disclaimers because this is how my brain works, am I calling you to perfection? No. Am I expecting you that you're going to get this right every time all the time? No. But am I expecting you to put forth effort? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. If you do this, when you encounter the weird abominations and corruptions of the world, you will immediately look at them and say, what? No. No. 
No. Not only no, but how dare you people send your children to this? What is wrong with you? Yeah. We've lost that. Right, right. We've lost that. If you know a parent that's sending their kid to the Antifa summer camp, you should seriously be looking at them and just going, what? what is seriously? Yeah. Have you had a stroke? Are you running for Senate in Pennsylvania? That was a low bar. That was a low blow. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that dude creeps me out because he literally can't talk. Like, he, he makes Biden look like Shakespeare. Oh, that's bad. Have you have you seen his speeches? No. He seriously, he actually, honest goodness, had a stroke like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And his brain has not fully recovered the ability to formulate thoughts. So you like you know how someone has a stroke and they're, they're looking at you and they're saying something and it's all gibberish and you're looking at them going, that was gibberish. But in their mind, it was, yeah. they thought one thing and said something. He's doing that at campaign events. Oh, my. Yeah. It's like if you see your if you see your friend sending their kids to Antifa summer camp, you should be like, is that you? Is, that, is something gone terribly wrong? Have you suffered a head injury? Were you kicked in the face by a mule? What What is wrong with you that you would do this when you see your friends and your neighbors, even if they are the pagans, operating and attempting to live in such a way that is a, con- that is a clear violation of God's law? You should be able to look at them and say, that's not how this world works. And that is going to lead to pain and sadness and degradation of everything in your lifestyle. You know, to me, when you when you say these things, and and you're you're implying that people who are Christians sending their kids to this thing, this is, is such an atrocity. It's a, it's an affront. It's a slap in the face to the gospel. Yes. Um, I I think it's a failure um, on the part of people of faith to disciple themselves and their children because they are very ill prepared to defend their faith they don't have reasons for what they believe in and so they're helpless almost to these ideas and 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 they're they're very much they're very similar but they're twisted, just like you said. Well, and, that and that's becomes, why these kids can't they can't deal with it. And that becomes a problem. And what, and what you're seeing, we, like, I have no illusions. I don't think there's a, a, an even close to professing Christian who's sending their kids to the Antifa camp. And I don't think there's a whole lot of Christians in downtown St. Louis who are I don't know. families broken down. If they if they claim to be Christians, they're not. Let's, I, right. Well, so whether they, they, but I'm not talking about what they claim. It's I'm just like about a person who is biologically born a man, <laughs> claiming to be a woman, and thinking that that makes him a woman. That's the same thing with a Christian well, who lives like like a pagan, and and says I'm a Christian. Yeah, just because you claim it doesn't mean it is. Right. My point is, we've gotten too lax in looking at the world and saying that's not Christian behavior. That's not what Christians do. No, you're out. Right, and that's why we need to start with the scriptures. Now, this, that's what, how we know what is Christian and isn't. This is where this comes full circle the second time. You ready? Bring it home. If we get a lot more comfortable resting on the truth of scripture, why do you do these things in your life? Because this is what my Bible commands. Why do you live like this? Because this is what my conscience guided by the Holy Spirit demands of me. Why do you train your children like this? Why do you do this at work? Why do you not live like this? Why do you not do that? Because these are the things that Christ has commanded of me. When we lean into that, we actually have a freedom in the world because now we can look outside and say, what can they take from me? I have standing before God. I have a cleansed heart. I have a clear conscience. I have righteousness from on high. You can't hurt me any longer. I am now, because I am surrendered to Christ and the commands that he has given, I am now free. I am now free. Now realize, we're not talking about what salvation is. We're talking about what salvation affects in your day-to-day life. The actual, to go back to something I quoted earlier, to the actual living out of your salvation with fear and trembling in this world. What you're seeing 
is you're seeing a snapback in the world. You're seeing a broken community looking around going, I can see where the problem is. These kids got no parents. Hmm. And these parents have no parents. And their parents probably didn't have parents. And But we don't know how to fix it. Ooh, ooh I do. I do. Um, don't just start with do a better job, mom and dad. Start with honor your spouse. Make a commitment before God that actually transcends. I just like this guy and hopefully we'll be able to tolerate each other for the next five, ten years. And then when we can't, we'll be on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Actually esteem marriage as something greater. Actually esteem it as the institution it was meant to be. Yeah. Then when it produces children, because that foundation is solid, you actually have something to build on for how you disciple children and how you train them, even in a pagan context. Because there's actually a foundation and a footing. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. Um, actors go go look up like the golden age of of Hollywood mm-hmm. and go like to the 40s and 50s, and all of those people were married and divorced like 27 times. It wasn't just Elizabeth Taylor; like she was the norm, not the exception. Right. When you look at the actors, they lived like that. The people that paid them. This was the old um, the Shaquille O'Neal made this quote years ago when someone told him he was rich. He's like, nah, man, I make millions of dollars. The dude who's rich is the one who can pay me millions of dollars. That's rich. No doubt. I mean, yeah. Shaq got it. Like, I have money. Like, he is money. <laughs> the people that could afford to pay those actors all of that money to let them live those depraved lifestyles. They're the ones that were living better lives, I think, is what you said. Married for 40, 50, 60 yeah. years, had kids who were stable and went to college and took over the businesses and became successful. And it's like, in other words, they promoted one thing, but they recognized if I want to actually have a functional family, I have to live something else. There's what it looks like. Yeah. When the when the blind squirrel finds something useful. There's what it looks like randomly. Now, church. Christian, this is the influence we can have in the world where we proclaim the mercies of Christ even the, where the sun and the rain fall on the just and the unjust from Matthew, what is that, Matthew 5? The rising tide raising all boats. And that becomes the demonstration of his reality and mm-hmm. his mercy upon you, a sinner. In other words, well, what do you mean he's got mercy on me? Look at your life. Yeah. Live yeah. according to this precept and your life will be better imagine now how much his righteousness is needed to actually make sense of this world and imagine how much your sin is corrupted that you don't even grasp this simple of a concept day in and day out well i i think that people who follow christ grasp the concept oh, i know but what i'm saying is but we, the people who aren't really well, walking, we're always talking about like how do i broach this conversation like dude you don't even notice the obvious things of the world okay. that's okay. how blind you are and right. how much sin mm-hmm. has corrupted you allow me to bring you some light and demonstrate how living according to scripture is a blessing from god and i am free from sin because of the accomplishment of christ yeah. not a slave unto whatever you have decided Christianity actually is, but actually to demonstrate what Christianity is and what the freedom of Christ in a world looks like. Where a husband and wife have a functional marriage, where communities are not falling apart, where families are held together and honored in the community, and where summer camps are actually uplifting to society as a whole and not something designed to tear down. Where does that all come from? That all comes from the genesis and the what? In the changed heart leading to the renewed mind leading to a different action. But it doesn't start unless we actually look at the world and go, no, 
This is insanity, and you people have lost your ever-loving minds. Hence, there is no freedom without the law. I told you it made sense. You made it made sense. I told you. Even to me. See? Um. So it is written, so it shall be done. (laughs) (laughs) So what have we learned here today, children? God has told us what to do. The world has shown that it is broken. And we must be careful in how we walk. And by the way, remember, we are walking not just away from them, but towards righteousness. And we are shining the light as we do it. So, you know the drill. Have fun. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.